Welcome to our class in Chassidus. This week we're going to be learning a beautiful Chassidic discourse. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Vehine Parach Mate Aroin. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse in Shabbos Parshas Koirach. In that year, Tavshin Lamed Gimel, 48 years ago, it was Aleph to Rishchodesh Thomas, the first day of the month of Thomas. In the year Tavshin Nun, in honor of Chav Chesivon, which is the anniversary of the Rebbe and the Rebbetzin coming to America, the Rebbe certified and edited this powerful Hasidic discourse. Also, this uh, Hasidic discourse, um, since this Shabbos is the uh, second day of the month of Talmud, the Shabbos before Gimel Talmud, which is uh, next Sunday, so in this Hasidic discourse, you, we learn something very powerful and very insightful. Why do we need a Rebbe? Why do we need a Tzaddik in our life? There's many reasons, but here you're going to learn one powerful reason why someone needs a Rebbe and someone needs a Tzaddik. Also, you'll learn tremendous ideas about the tremendous blessings, and we'll learn here what's the source for the greatest blessings. Okay, so the Chassidic discourse is based on the verse, we know that there was a big argument between Kairach and Moshe Rabbeinu, who was, the, uh, who was supposed to be in charge, who was the priest, and everyone put down a staff in the temple, and the test was to see whose staff was going to give forth fruit. Or, uh, so what happened was, Aaron is the one that gave forth, and what did it grow out of its staff? It growed Shkedim almonds. So in the Lakute uh, Torah from the Alter Rebbe, he explains that what's the reason why out of all fruits, nuts, etc., what grew was specifically almonds. And the Alter Rebbe explains, because almonds is something which grows very, very quickly, quicker than all the other fruit. And he actually continues on to explain more in depth in Lakute Torah, and that's why it's actually called Shkedim. Because Shkedim comes from the, from the word um, uh, Shkida, um, which basically means to do things in a way uh, very, very quickly. Like the Rebbe, al brings the verse where it says, Makel Shoked, and where it's explained, The reason why it's called Shoked, an almond mal, uh, almond, because it's, I'm going to be very, very quick to do what I'm doing. So in other words, the Rebbe says that the reason why he adds this verse to teach us that Shkedim, it's it, it, it is is the 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 idea, the fact that shkedim are quick. That's what they are. Because one of the components of shkedim is one of the components of elements that it's something it's something which done which is done very very quick very quickly. So when we have something that the name of it is shkedim, which means it's quick, that's what it is. Now, what's so? What's the connection with Shkedim, Something that happens very, very quickly with the idea that Aaron, who was a priest, the high priest, that it gave forth Shkedim, because that the idea of quickly, the idea of things happen very, very quickly, that represents the idea of Kahuna priesthood. Why? Because Aaron is the priest, the high priest, and Aaron is the one that blesses the Jewish people. And the blessings of Aaron come down very, very click, quickly. As Rebbe says, a step further, a step deeper, Aaron is the same letters of Nira, where you see it. Because we all want blessings, and we have tremendous blessings, but sometimes we don't see it. So Aaron creates that we should see it. And how do we see it? And when do we see it? Very, very quickly. And that's, that's represented by the, by the idea of Shkedim. 
And the Rebbe says this applies to all, not only Aaron, but all Aaron's children, all Aaron's descendants. That when a Koyim, when a priest uh, blesses you and blesses the Jewish people, so the blessing comes down very quickly and with nothing stopping it. So it's almost like a bulldozer of blessings that whatever's in the way, it just totally rolls it over and the blessings come down very, very quickly. Now, why is it necessary to have a priest bless us? That we need a blessing to come very, very quickly and nothing should be in the way. So the Rebbe is going to go into a whole journey Kabbalistically of the source of blessings. And he says as follows. That the source of any blessing, any flow of positive energy, any flow of positive goodness, where does it come from? So we know everything comes from the Sfirot. This, in this sphere, with this ten spherot, which sphere does it come from? Where does goodness, kindness, generosity come from? Which sphere? It comes from the sphere of chesed. And which chesed? The chesed of Hashem. Now, we know there's four worlds. Atzilut, Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya. Atzilus is the highest world. When we say higher, we don't mean physically higher. We mean higher where it's more godly. Atzilus is more Eitzel, comes from where it's close to Hashem. So all the source of all the great blessings in this world come from where? Chesed, kindness, Atzilut, from the world which is closest to Hashem. Now, so that's the source. The source of all blessing is Chesed Atzilus. But now, from Chesed Atzilus, it has to go through the whole world of Atzilut, the world of Bria, the world of Yitzira, down into this, and down into this world. So in order for the flow from the source of Chesed Atzilus to come down to this physical world that we should have, literally, children, proper health, proper sustenance, parnasa, what to eat, what to drink, a house, whatever we need materialistically. So the Chesed has to travel down from all the levels, from Atzilus until down this world. So we see all the blessing in this world, it's all the result of the initial blessing of Chesed of Atzilut, and when Chesed of Atzilus comes down to this world, it results in tangible blessings again of children, um, all materialistic blessings that we have, and um, um, uh, <coughs> and proper health, uh, proper health. Now, so in order again for the blessings to come down, it starts off in Chesed Atzilut and it goes down to this world. So the Rebbe says, every time it goes down from one level to the next, down until it comes down to this world, there is a din, which means there's a judgment. Should it come, shouldn't it come? Everyone has an opinion. And Mishpat, then there's a ruling. Yes, it should come down. I'm saying yes, it should come down. So you need a din, then you need a Mishpat. In other words, the question is, should this Chesed of Atzilas come down to a lower level, or should it stay in a higher level? And that's why every single day we pray. And what do we pray? We say, Rafa'inu, Hashem, heal us. What does it mean, Hashem, heal us? We're requesting that that healing which exists in Chesed Atzilus should come down to this world that if someone's not well, they should be healed. Or we say, Baruch Aleinu, Hashem should bless us, which means we should have all our materialistic needs, which means it's coming from Chesed Atzilus, Baruch Aleinu. Come on, bring it down, down to this world that we can enjoy, enjoy it. So Rabbi asked a simple question, what do you mean? Why are, we bless, why are we praying every day? Heal us, bless us. The fact is, we all know that in Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, we went to shul, we prayed, and in Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, they tell us exactly how much you're going to have for the whole year, financially, and also your health. 
Everything is, is said in Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. So why do we have to pray again? And not only that, when we say that the our, our sustenance um, is established in Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, it's referring to all components: children, a materialistic uh, materialistic success, and health. So the Rebbe explains as follows: Why do we have to pray again every day if we pray Rosh Hashanah and Kippur? And the Rebbe explains because when we're written and we're sealed. In the good book on Hashanah Yom Kippur, what does that mean? Voila! We got a bank account on all levels. Health, success, financial success, material success, children. But where does that go? It goes into Malchus of Atzilus. That's where it goes in Hashanah Yom Kippur. So, but the fact is, if it stays in Malchus Atzilus, we're not going to have anything from it. So in order for that chesed, which is given to us, and it's sitting in Malchus Atzilus, in order for it to come down to this physical world, so it has to go down from Malchus Atzilus, uh, from Chesed Atzilus to Malchus Atzilus, it goes through the whole world of Atzilut. Then it goes, it starts in the world of Bria, Chesed of Bria, and it goes down to, to, the, to every stage in the world of Bria. Then it starts off again in Chesed of Yitzira, till it goes down to Malchus of Yitzira, and then it goes into Chesed Asiyah until it comes down to this world. So that's why it says, Adam Nidoin Bechol Yoim. Every single day we are judged. What do you mean? We already judged Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. We're done. We got, we got the package approved. Because the answer is, because the judgment of Rosh Hashanah and Kippur is that Chesed should go into where Malchus Atzilus. That's what happens to Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. We're judged every day if we're befitting that the Chesed that we already got approved on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, which is sitting in Malchus Atzilus, if it should come down to where? To the world of Bria, to the world of Asiya, until it comes literally down to this physical world, or, unfortunately, the chesed, it's ours. But it should stay where? It should stay in the world of chesed and atzilus, and it will create some kind of tainuk, some kind of pleasure on high. But it's not going to come down to this world. So therefore, every single day we pray, Rifa'enu, um, Hashem heal us. You know the healing that we got granted already? It's granted, it's ours. But sitting in Chesed of Atzilus, bring it down to this world. Barech Aleinu, bless us with health, with sustenance, everything that we need into this world. In other words, that the blessing that we received, that sitting in, and Rosh Hashanah Kippur received it, sitting in Chesed Atzilus, it should come down um, into this world. So that's one of the reasons why we pray every day. So that what? That the Chesed Atzilus should come down to this world. There's another idea, another reason why we pray. Because the chesed that we received in Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is a spiritual chesed. So even after we get the blessing, yeah, you got chesed at Silos, it's, a, it's wonderful, but it's a spiritual kindness. So we, we want that the spiritual kindness be translated into, into materialistic kindness. And so since we're asking it to be translated into, into a materialistic kindness, so now there's a din and mishpat, there's, a, there's, there's basically a, um, a, 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 a judgment, and hopefully a good ruling, in what should the chesed come into? So notice, on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, we got a ruling, yeah, we're going to have chesed. We have, we have a bank account of chesed sitting in the world of chesed of Atzilus. It has to come down to this world. So the first idea was that it physically has to come down to this world. The second component that they're saying is that when it comes down to this world, where should it go to? Should, how should it be divided up? It has to be divided up into physical things. And should it go into health? Should it go into materialism? Should it go into children? 
So therefore we pray every single day that the 12 middle blessings of the Shmon Esrei, which in those 12 middle blessings, everything is covered. Everything that we need, everything that community needs. So what the idea of the prayer every day is, that that spiritual blessing that we received should be translated and we divide it up and it should go into everything that we need physically into this materialistic world. Now, so the says like this. What did we just learn? That there's two things that have to happen. One is that we pray every day that it should actually come down to this world. That's point number one. What was the second component? That we pray that it should be divided up into the right things and it should go into the right channels that it's supposed to. Because you don't want to be overweighted in one area and underweighted in another area. So it says like this. This that there's a judgment and there's a ruling where the chesed should go into, that's if the chesed that we received in Rosh Hashanah and Kippur is, 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 is a, um, uh, in Hebrew it's called metzumtzum. It's a, it's a quantifiable, limited amount of chesed. So since you're dealing with a limited amount of chesed, you have to actually ration it out to make sure that you cover all your bases. And in other words, and not only that, but sometimes it's actually not enough that the chesed should supply all three areas that we mentioned before. For example, children, health, and materialism. Maybe it's only enough for two things. Maybe it's only enough for health and children, not financially. Maybe it's enough just for financially and health and not for children. Again, it could be, or it could be gone from it for one only. So then what happens in, since there might not be enough for everything, so then there's a, there's a judgment. Where does it get divided up? You know, should the judgment be for children, for health, for financial, financially, materialism, etc.? Oh, and here the Rebbe says something very powerful. And the Rebbe says, what happens? Like, it, it gets divided. How does it get divided? And let's say, for example, you want the, well, the chesed to go into a specific area where you need it more. So the Rebbe says that the prayer of a tzaddik, the prayer of a, a, a righteous person, the prayer of a, of a Rebbe, that helps that it could change from one area to the other. And the Rebbe brings the famous uh, story from the Baal Shem Tev. That there was once a, a couple that came to him. They, they were a very, very successful couple. And they couldn't have children. So they came to Balshanta. They said, Balshanta, please pray for us that we should have children. And he was very wealthy. So the Balshanta said to him as follows. If you're going to agree to become poor, guess what? You can have children. And when they accepted upon themselves, they're willing to, you know, until now they were rich, they're willing to become poor. So once they accepted upon themselves, guess what happened? They had children. But what happened was they became very poor. So they, so the, they gave up their wealth to have children. In other words, why did Balshanta do that to him? Why couldn't the Balshanta give him a blessing for children? And the answer is because the Balshanta saw that the chesed, the kindness that they got, was only for one thing. And as they couldn't have had children and wealth, and they had to pick. So the Baal Shem Tov was able, through his power of prayer, a tzaddik, a rebbe, he was able to pray that the chesed should be exchanged from wealth to children. That's the powerful impact of a rebbe, of a tzaddik, that lets him only have in store for one thing, he'll pray to exchange things. Now, so what happens, the rebbe says, is when, unfortunately, the chesed that's in store for us is limited... And it's not enough to cover everything. And it's not enough for, for children, for, for, for health, and for financial success. So then the judgment's even stronger. Because where do you put it? 
Does it go here? Does it go there? I mean, that's a serious judgment that has to go through every day. Now, but in order to in order to change, let's say for example, it's meant to go for children, or it's meant to go for wealth or health, and you want it switched. Only a tzaddik can do that. We we don't have the power to change things. Whatever it's destined to, that's where it's going to go. But a tzaddik could 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 change things. Now, but generally speaking, even if the chesed is enough for all three, children, health, materialism, but nevertheless, there is still every single day a din and a mishpat, a judgment and a ruling about specifically where it should go to. So therefore, since every single day we want to make sure the flow is correct, and even when it's enough, so therefore, every single day in the middle 12, the, the Shemona Asher has 18 blessings, actually 19, technically. But there's the middle blessings are 12 blessings. And in those 12 blessings, you have your request that you have prayed for every single thing in your life. And for yourself and for the community. And this way, that chesed that exists on a spiritual level shall come down into this, into this physical world. Now, so the Rebbe asks a simple question. We have to understand. The fact is like this. When we pray on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, what are we praying for? We're praying for not chesed of atzilus. We're praying we want to have blessings down in this world. Because who's praying on, on Rosh Hashanah Kippur? If we were angels, you can say, fine, an angel prayed. Who prayed? A soul in a body. And not only that, we know that the Rebbe brings, that it's brought down in, in Rambam, that, um, that a person is judged on Rosh Hashanah, not spiritual chesed, literally for your physical needs. And the judgment, the din and the mishma, the judgment and the ruling is not only about chesed in general, but it's also very specific what the chesed is going to be for. And we all know that you look, look through the marks of Roshani and Kippur, we pray for specific things. We pray for children, we pray for health, we pray financial, for financial needs, materialism, we pray for everything. But nevertheless, what do we see? That every single day we're judged. Where the chesed should go to that was given to us to Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. So why is that? If we prayed for it initially for materialism and, and, and everything specific. Not only that, what, what are we judged? That whether the, 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 the blessing that we received in Rosh Hashanah and Kippur should come down to this world or to be for pleasure on high. Why is that? On Rosh Hashanah and Kippur we pray to come down to this world. So Rebbe is going to explain this based on a teaching from the Alta Rebbe in his uh, prayer book, where he says like this: "There's a verse that says Yoim liYoim Yabia Oimer." So the Alta Rebbe explains as follows: Yoim liYoim, he says that during the week, there's many many things that block a flow of energy to come down to this world during the week. During the week, there's a block. But on the other hand, he says, Yoyim HaShabbos, what happens on Shabbos? So the blessing is very, very quick. And he uses the term, Yabiyah Oimer. Yabiyah is an expression of Mehirus. So Yoyim Yoyim every single day, not everything's going to flow easily. But Shabbos, it comes flowing very, very quickly. Now, why is that? So the author explains in a sit and he says like this. Why is it that during the week, when there's a flow of energy from chesed, it should get stuck, and it shouldn't come down to this world. So he says like this, and he gives an example. Let's say somebody is thinking intellectually, 
about something. Should I do it or I shouldn't do it? And then he, after the whole you know, argument in his brain, should I do it, shouldn't I do it? He comes to a resolution, guess what? I'm doing it. Now we all know, we just make a lot of resolutions, and we make a lot of decisions that we're going to do, and it remains in, we call it, in the world of intellect. And the reality doesn't happen. So that's one thing we see. In other words, that sometimes we have, we think of ideas, we come to a resolution in our mind, we're going to do it, we, we don't do it. Lepoil, in action, we don't do it. Not only that, let's even say, okay, you know what? I thought about it, it's time to go ahead and let's do it. So what happens then, the Rebbe says, is when you're coming to do it, when you're ready to do it, you start thinking, should I really do what I agreed upon? Or maybe I should change my mind. So you're seeing two things. Number one is, you see that when you decide to do something, it doesn't always happen. It just never never comes to fruition. Point number two is, even when you're ready to do it, now you're rethinking, maybe you should, maybe you should, maybe you should choose not to do it. But the question is, what do you mean? You, when you thought about it initially, you came to a hachlata, you came to a resolution, that you're going to do it. So why, why didn't you do it? And they're explaining something very powerful, and he says like this. Because when a person thinks they want to do something and use your intellect, and even if you're thinking you're going to do it, so your thought of doing something, knows the action is in the world of intellect. When you're thinking about doing something, and you're discussing about doing something, so the action is in the world of intellect. So therefore, when you come to do it, now you have to connect to action which is not in the world of intellect. So now you're going, you're entering a different world. And as intellect is one world, and within intellect you have the, you have action, but the way it's, it, way it's found in the world of intellect. But when you're leaving the world of intellect to the world of action, now you have to start uh, making a uh, judgment. Do I really want to do this or not? And to be specific, there's, there's two components that take place. Another was like this. One component is when you decide intellectually that you want to do something, it does not guarantee that you're going to do it. Again, component number one is when you decide intellectually that you're going to do something, there's no guarantee that you're actually going to do it. Why? Because the action, which is an intellect, and real action is two different worlds. It's two different, there's two different actions. In your intellect, when you decide you're doing something, this has nothing to do with doing it in reality. Two different actions. So just because you decided you're doing something, it doesn't mean you're going to end up doing it. That's point number one. So therefore, so therefore, so therefore, it doesn't mean you're going to end up doing it. Now, take it a step further. Even after you decide you're doing it, and you're getting ready to do it, you might come to another reason and maybe not do it. So you see clearly that in the world of intellect, which is basically a parable, when you can decide you want to do something, A, that action is a different action than in reality, and B, when you're getting ready to do it, you can discuss it again, whether you should do it or not, this physical action. Now, we're going to take it a step further, a step deeper. We know every one of us has an ashama. We have a soul. And the soul is spiritual, it's godly. 
But then we know something which is called the garments of the soul. What's the garments of the soul? Um, thought, speech, and action. What does that mean? When you decide you want to do something intellectually or even emotionally, you're emotionally charged to do something, to do something, you have to go through the world of thought and the world of speech till you get to action. In other words, even though you intellectually decide you want to do something or emotionally, you have to go through thought, speech, and action. Now the thought that you're using to speech and action is when you're thinking how to do it, you didn't do it yet. Now, what once you're thinking, you know, what I'm saying is that there's two different levels of thought. There's intellect, and then there's thought in the world of intellect. The thought in the world of intellect is not independent thought. That's like a byproduct of the intellect. But then there's, then there's thought. Just your thought. In other words, when you in your, your mind intellectually thought you wanted to do something, that thought doesn't have any power. It's the intellect that decided, and the, the vehicle that you're using to, to uh, hold that intellect is called thought. However, there's a new, when we say the garment of the soul's machshava, it's a whole different level of thought. That is your thought, how to do it in reality, which is disconnected from intellect. So, in other words, what the Rebbe is saying is, there's, 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 you know, it's a fine art to define the difference between the thought, which is part of the intellect, and the independent thought. So when you're intellectually thinking about what you want to do, that thought is just like totally passive. Now it has to transfer over to an active thought. So when you transfer over from the passive thought, which is really a byproduct of the intellect, and it has to go into the active thought, you have now two issues you have to deal with. One is to make sure, to realize, the fact that the intellect decided it wants to do something, it doesn't mean that the proactive thought is on board. Again, clear, because you have to see where the, where, the, where, the, where the disconnect is. The fact that the intellect decided it wanted to do something and the thought was, so to speak, the vehicle that was holding on to it has nothing to do with the independent proactive thought. And it does not mean because you you intellectually decided you want to do something, the thought's going to go. The independent thought's going to go with it. Not only that, not only that, when the independent thought is going to think about it, it's going to go through another whole process. Should I or shouldn't I? So there's two components. One is that the the thought is it's not a guarantee that when you intellectually decide, the thought's going to accept or might reject it. And B, it's going to decide whether it wants whether it wants to do it or not. So that is the first gap from intellect into thought. We're not done yet. We said three garments. Just to get to the world of thought, there's two issues. A, is it going to accept it or reject it? And B, even if it does, it's going to decide if it wants to do it or not. It has its own, own decision. But then you have to go from thought to speech. Just like thought decides, you know what? Ooh, great idea. Let's do it. 
But now you go to the world of speech. Now, speech is disconnected from thought. There's the world of thought and the world of speech. Why? Because we all know that thought, according to Kabbalah, is all about yourself. You know, if you didn't have anybody, you would still think. Because think, machshav is for yourself. You think and you think and you overthink. You meditate. Thought is for you. However, the whole idea of speech, you don't need speech for yourself. Speech is to communicate with someone else. So therefore, when you're going from the world of thought to the world of speech, it's two worlds. Because thought is you and speech is someone else. So now it starts again, the process again, in two components. In other words, just because you think about something doesn't mean that you're going to talk about it. In thought, it's amazing. It's my thought. In speech, I don't know if I want to share it. It could be I'm only going to think about it, and I'm not going to talk about it. That's point number one. So it might not even enter the world of speech. And let's even say it enters the world of speech... Now speech wants to know, do I express it or don't express it? And it goes through a, a process. The, the speech alone has its own, do, 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 I, do, do, I, do I engage or I don't engage in the speech? So in other words like this, since thought is really for yourself and speech is for someone else, so even after you came with a strong resolution in, in your thought, you don't know if you're going to speak about it or not. If you're going to share it with somebody else. So that's again, we have first issue is from intellect to thought. We're talking about active thought. And then from thought to speech. The same issue is when you're going from speech to action. Why? Because action and speech is two different worlds. So since it's two different worlds, the speech, you talk, but then action is a whole different reality. So again, there's now a hold up here in two areas. In other words, you can talk about something, but bottom line is you're not going to do anything about it. And that's point number one. You can talk, doesn't mean you're going to do it. And then, not only doesn't mean you're going to do it, then even when you are going to do it, you're discussing, should you do it, shouldn't you do it, maybe I should do it differently. So it's like literally, from this intellectual agreement that you had, to go to thought was a whole struggle, to go to speech was a whole struggle, and to go to action was a whole struggle. Now, Take it a step further. We know that thought and speech are close related. You think, you speak, they're closer, they're more internal. In other words, because when you think about something, you speak it, you're usually speaking the words that were in your thought. They're connected. However, action is disconnected from the person. So Basin Strebber says that the, the, the blockage from speech to action about both of those ideas, whether it should go over or whether you want to judge it again, is a greater blockage than from thought to speech. So in, from intellect to thought is one blockage, from, uh, from the, uh, thought to speech. Now they're saying from speech to action is even a triple blockage. Now, that was, so to speak, a parable. And we can relate to it. Because we know every time we want to do something, the intellect has a whole discussion, like almost like a whole board meeting, and then you come to a resolution to do it, then we know sometimes you don't even think about it. And if you do, then you think maybe I should do it differently, and then speech and action. That's the parable. So now the is going to use this to explain the way it works in, on a spiritual of on high. So says like this, what happens, Roshani Yom Kippur? 
on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, it's decided Chesed is going to flow where in Chesed Vatzilut, <coughs> and even it will flow into Malchus Vatzilut. So the world of Vatzilus is all full of all full of our Chesed. Now, Rebbe says on a, on a spiritual level, we all know that Atzilus is for like our internal powers compared to our internal powers of seichel, intellect, and midas and emotions. So atzilos is like seichel and midas. Bia, bria, yitzira, and asiya is like the three garments of thought, speech, and action. Now, so therefore, even though that the judgment of Rosh Yom Kippur was that we should have tremendous chesed, we're in this physical world. But nevertheless, since the whole world of Atsilos, the whole world, not only Chesed of Atsilos, even Malchus of Atsilos, it's like, we said, the internal powers of Seichel and Midas, which we know, Seichel and Midas, as we saw before, is higher than thought, speech, and action. So in other words, so practically, there it says, when we have a Ksiva, Vachasima, Toiva, when we're written and we're sealed in the good book, on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, and we're going to have Gashmias, materialism, children, health, livelihood, all the good things. That's just like when the intellect decides it wants to do something. So why do we have to, you know, throw arrows on Hashem? Look, where's my blessings? Guess what? We do the same thing. We operate in the same system. Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, we got all the blessings. Where is it? In the world of Atzilus. Just like when we decide we want to do something, it stays in the world of intellect or in the world of emotions. In other words, even though, what do you mean? But you said you're going to have a physical gashmias. Yeah. In other words, just like we decide intellectually on, a, on an action that we're going to do, but that action is the way it's clothed within intellect. So what do we want? We want that the flow should come down to this world, in this physical world. So you have to first go through what? As we the parable we gave, you have to go through machshava, which means it has to go through the whole world of Bria. And you have to go through Dibur, which is based on the whole world of Yitzira. And you have to go through uh, um, from, from, from Malchus and Atzilus to Bria, to Bria and then Bria to Yitzira. And then it has to go through to the world of Asiya, which, which is the world of action. And in every world, there's, there's an issue in two components. Whether A, it should do it, and then even when it should do it, should it do it like this, should it do it like that. It's a whole whole struggle, a whole challenge for every step of the way. So the, based on this, Rebbe explains very simple. That it's very possible that the blessing and the flow of chesed and energy that we're getting, that was given to us from Shani and Kippur, is a spiritual gift. And we're in the world of Atsilas. And it's possible the flow is sitting there and it's, you know, like even the, in the level of God, Garden of Eden. And even though the blessing is for literally materialistic success, but the fact is in the world of Atsilas. And then it has to go through the world of Bria and Yitzira. So, in other words, even though that we're, we're, we're blessed on materialistic things, but it could be spiritual. Just like we said the example, when we decide we want to intellectually do something, and then we have to go through Rachshava, Dibur, Maisa, thought, speech, and action, which is all in the, in the intellect. So because 
it can get stuck there. That's why what happens is every single day there's a judgment. A, if it should come down, and where it should come down to. Even though Roshani and Kippur was blessed in everything. Because action, the way it's in the world of Atsilas, and the way it's in the world of Bria, and the world of Yitzira, it's it's totally not enclosed in a materialistic jacket, materialistic reality, and therefore every single day there's a judgment in what way it should it should penetrate into this physical world the blessing that we received on Roshani and Kippur. Now, here the Rebbe takes a very powerful twist and he says like this. So we know what the issue is. The problem is, again, we have tremendous blessings that we received Roshani and Kippur, and it's not flowing down. So the Rebbe says like this. This whole presentation that we made, where you can have blockages from world to world till it comes down to this world, so, and the parable we gave was our intellect to go to thought and speech and action where every step of the way there's, there's, there's blockages that's when, then when is the blockage let's say we want to do something right? we decide we want to do something and intellectually we decide we want to do it so every step of the way thought, speech and action we have an issue so the says yeah the blockage is because the source of our wanting to do it is intellect and because the source is intellect, there's going to be blockages on, uh, as we go down. But here, there was, he teaches us something very powerful. But what would be if the sort of our, source of our wanting, the source of our rotsoin, is not intellect, but the source is a deep tainug, a deep pleasure, not an external pleasure, a deep tainug, tainug which is in Kesser. And especially we're talking about tainug which is above intellect. So then, the flow that comes from Ratzon until the world of action, that happens quickly, and that happens without any blockages. Key, a major shift. All the issues that we spoke of before, that's if the will is based on intellect. But if the will is based on Tainug, right through. And right through, and right quick. In other words, when a person decides they want to do something, and they want to do it again. What's the driving force is Tainug. They have a tremendous deep pleasure. So the power, the Ratzon is charged. And it's charged like almost like with a turbo engine. That it, it impacts. It doesn't It impacts and overpowers your intellect. That you should understand that you want to do it. And then what happens is, from the intellect, it automatically goes to, to thought. And from thought, it automatically goes to speech. And it goes to action. And everything happens very quickly with nothing stopping it. So it doesn't, it doesn't bypass the system. When Taino kicks in, so the ruts in are so strong, it goes through the same channels, but it goes through, it goes through very quickly. It goes through intellect, it goes through the emotions, it goes through thought, it goes through streets and speech and action. And there's, there's, two, there's two components here. Now, there's once you decide, you want to do it. And I use the word decide, which can be tricky because you think it's intellect. But once the tainug, once the tainug kicks in, that the tainug caused the rutsin to want it, you don't have to think, do I want to do it or not? There's no more thinking. It's not coming from intellect. See, intellect could stop you. Yes, no, what do you think? I didn't ask, it's not coming from intellect. It's coming straight from tainug. Not only that, a step further, the says, all these energies that come from intellect to thought to speech and to action, 
And so it's coming from a place tiny, it happens automatic. It's an automatic flow. Why? Because when the Ratzin is supercharged, supercharged from Tainug, you're not going to be quiet and you're not going to stay still until it happens. And that's called a driven person. A driven person is because they somehow they plugged into Tainug and Tainug supercharged the Ratzin and it goes through intellect, um, thought, speech and action and there's nothing and it happens automatic. It's not like it has to go through a whole process. No process. It's automatic. So that is in the example of the way we operate. That means when we're coming from a place of Tainug, right through. So now we're going to use the parable the way it works on with Hashem on high, which means when the when the source of the of the of the of the energy, the source of the chesed, is not coming from from the level of Atzilus, which is with the level of Seichel or Midois, but it's coming from a deeper place, from a higher place. Just like by us, it's coming from Tainug. It's coming from what place, which is above intellect, above Atzilus? It's called Rav Chesed. This Chesed, that's a calculated Chesed, but this Rav Chesed, an abundance of Chesed. What, is, what does that mean practically in our terms? It means it's a Chesed which is above Hishtalshalus. It it's not because of cause and effect, rhyme and reason. It's Rav Chesed. So when the source is coming from a place of Rav Chesed, so the flow goes down into the physical world, through, and it goes through all the steps of the way, but it goes right through, and it goes quickly without anything stopping it. It goes quickly without anything stopping it if it's coming from a place of Rav Chesed. In other words, there says, besides the fact when it's coming from a place of Rav Chesed, there's nothing, there's no judgment that can stop it. There could be judgments, but it's not going to stop it. And that's when Rav Chesed, when the Shoyrish is Rav Chesed, we're not saying there is or there isn't. There could be judgments, but the judgments aren't strong enough to stop it. And A, there's nothing that can stop it. And B, the flow is automatic. It goes, it moves, once it's coming from Rav Chesed. And this the Rebbe connects powerfully and he says, what's Rav Chesed? No, so we all want Rav Chesed. If Rav Chesed is the magic key that's going to bring the powerful blessings from above Ishtalshalus that's going to come down to this world with nothing getting in the way and it's going to come automatic. What is that? How do we get that? And Rebbe says, guess what? That is the blessing from a priest. Because a blessing of a priest comes very quickly. Why? Because the source of the blessing that a priest blesses is from above Ishtalshalus. Like Rebbe brings, that's explained in other places in Chassidus, that the, when a Koyin gives a blessing, when Koyhanim, when a Koyin, singular, plural, gives a blessing, it has the power of prayer. Because when you pray, you actually can draw down, in Hebrew it's called a Ratzin Chadash, a brand new will, a brand new will which is above all the channels and all the uh, levels where there can be judgments and you have to ask, should, shouldn't. Just like prayer, a real prayer, can bring a brand new energy from above, from totally off the charts. So the priestly blessing is the same way. And because because it's coming from above Ashtalshas, it comes down very, very quick and it comes down to this world. Now, Nadab is going to take the priestly blessing even a step further. There's another power into the priestly blessings. On one hand, we said it's coming from a very, very high place. Rav Chesed. Above Ishtalshlus, above any rhyme and reason, above above finite calculations. Itzilus is part of Ishtalshlus. It means it's even higher in the world of Itzilus. But the A, that's one component. 
The second thing is that the Kayin has the power to bring the blessing down to this world because you have a powerful blessing it has to come down to this world. In other words, it comes down to, into this world even, and this is very powerful, even according to, let's say, law, Jewish law, this person is not befitting for a blessing, guess what? The Kayin has the power to bless someone that's even not befitting for a blessing. So in other words, since the Kayin has the power to bless quickly, where it's coming right down, nothing's in the way, and nothing's going to stop it. So therefore, when the blessing comes down here, we're talking about an infinite blessing. So the blessing is with tremendous abundance, with lots and lots of success on all levels. So based on this, Rebbe explained something interesting, um, what we see in the Hasidic Discourse in the Kutat Torah from the Alter Rebbe. And the Alter Rebbe says like this, after he explains the power of Birchas Koinim, which means it comes down very, very quickly, and there's nothing stopping it. So he brings what it brought down in Chazal and says about the, the blessing of the, what does it say, the pleased the blessing? It says, Hashem, God should bless you, and Hashem should watch over you. So he explains, what does Yivarecha mean? So the Chazal tells Yivarecha, he should bless you with money, financially. Yivarecha, what does it mean he should bless you? It means with, with children. Yivarecha, what does Yivarecha mean? For mazikim, you know, you have you'll have children, you'll have financial success, and God forbid, people will come and steal from you and hurt you. So you should have, you should be protected. That's what the altar brings. So the asks a simple question. In this Mayim Chazal, what is it telling us? It's telling us what are you getting? You're getting uh, wealth. You're getting children. You're getting prote- protection. But the, but the Alterman is not talking about the, the technicalities. He's just talking about the fact that it's coming down very, very quickly and nothing is stopping it. So why is he bringing down these technicalities in the middle of these powerful insights that it's coming down quickly? And the Rebbe explains like this. When, when the Alterman is telling us and explaining us what the Chazal tell us, that you're going to be blessed with financial success, you're going to be blessed with children, and also you, no one's going to be able to harm you, <clears throat> is coming to teach us about the abundance of the blessing. That the, uh, the blessing is in all areas of your life. Children, health, and, and livelihood. In other words, so you're going to say, what do you mean? He didn't say anything about health, and the Rebbe said something very powerful. That when you get a blessing for wealth, and you get a blessing for, for materialism, it's automatic it's talking about health. Why? Because Hashem gives you abundance Who's he giving it to? To God forbid, someone that's not healthy, someone that's not alive. Obviously, he's giving it to a healthy person, someone that's alive. So when it says he's giving you, he's giving you materialism, he's giving you children, and automatically he's giving you health and life. And then he's giving you that you should be protected from people that want to hurt you, which means that it's coming down to the lowest places. Why? Because if 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 you, once you need protection, that means you're in, you're in an unsafe place. So the blessing is tremendous abundance, and the blessing is to the lowest places where you're told to be, sa- be safe. And the, and the connection of these two components, that even when it comes down to the lowest places, which means you have to be protected from people that are going to hurt you or steal from you, it comes down with tremendous, tremendous um, abundance. In other words, with, ch- with children, with financial help, and the proper health, and the reason why it's able to do both, in other words, there, the reason why it's able to do both, one hand, tremendous abundance of materialism and children and health, and on the other hand, it's giving coming down literally to the lowest places, wherever you are, you can receive these blessings. The reason is because it's coming from the priest. 
and it's coming down quickly and there's nothing stopping it so therefore it gets translated into practicality of a tremendous um, a tremendous abundance and into the lowest places so now they're asking a very interesting question he's like this one second the blessing of the police the priests that's the, that's that's the power Hashem gave to the, to the priest to bless us when did that happen even before we, we're learning now about Parach Mata Aaron, the Aaron staff gave Shkaden, which said it's very, very quickly. Right? The whole idea is coming quickly. But we know that from that, so the, so the, but that's right from the priest in general. And the fact is, this, this, uh, this gift that the priests have, that Hashem gave, the, that's already we know that from before. And Rebbe quotes the, word, the verse where it says, Vayisa Aaron is, uh, um, uh, Aaron picked up his hands, Alam to the people, Allah, uh, to the people, Vayavarchim, and he blessed them. And Rashi says, what does it mean he blessed them? So Rashi says, Birchas He gave him the priestly blessings. And over there we saw that the blessing came from the priest very, very quickly. So, so what's the whole idea of Parach Mata Aaron? So the Rebbe says, that's true. Aaron's blessing is quick and it's in abundance like we just learned. But there's something about Parach Mata Aaron. After Aaron's staff came forth, and it gave Shkaden, which is very, very quick, quick. There's a true new upgrade in the quickness. What's the new upgrade? And he says like this. Why did Aaron's staff have to produce and produce Shkaden that came very quickly? Because there was a there was, there was a complaint against the priesthood. There was a uh, question whether Aaron was the high priest. So the Rebbe says, this is, a, this is like, for example, if you have a document, a normal document, you use a document. What happens if there's a question about the validity of the document? So you go to court, whether it's court or rabbinical court, and they certify the document. So what happens is a certified document is much stronger than a regular document. Because if a regular document, so you don't know, is it good enough? We're assuming it's good. Right? There's no reason to think now, but then again, maybe yes, maybe it's an issue. But a certified document is much more powerful. Like, for example, there gives the example, there's a concept of We all love light. But the problem is when you have light your whole life, you don't appreciate it as much. What happens, unfortunately, when you have darkness, when you have a challenge, so you go through a struggle, and then you have the light. Wow, now you appreciate the light. But that was the same light before the challenge. And the answer is, unfortunately, the way we're wired is that when you go through darkness, when you go through a challenge, the light is much greater afterwards. So based on this, Rebbe says, he explains another idea, what Dalsh Rebbe says in the commentary, he says like this. So he says, the idea of shkedim, right? So he says, there's this idea of shkida which he uses the expression of lamutav. Lamutav means to the better, which means it wasn't good to the better, it's better. And then latoiv, which is pure, it's good. And he says that, it, so there's two types. There's one where it's better, like Yisrael, and then there's regular oil. So he says the shkedim of mate aroin is shkedim toivim, it's good. So the Rebbe asks, one second, you're saying there's lamutav, which is better, and then there's good. And you're saying aroin is good, so why are you bringing up the better? Why is that important? So, so, there, so even though the it's good, and there was a, the reason why he's bringing it up is as follows: because the reason why he's telling us about mutav where it's better is to teach us that the shkedim, the good shkedim, 
of the of the staff of Aaron, besides the fact that it's good, it also has the quality of which means it has the quality of its hapcha transforming mutav to toiv. Something which was better, which means it was, was questionable, became better, to straight purity. So the goal is to transform that even from this hapcha can become toiv. So the Rebbe adds, and he says like this. This that um, the priesthood of Aaron, after there was a question on it, what happened afterwards? It was Vayigam HaShkedim. Shkedim came out. What is Shkedim, we said, is it's Mehiros. It's very, very quick. Now, we already had quickness. We know the priest can do quick. He says, the Rebbe says a step further. Because the, 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 the quality of his hapcha, which means you take something from muta better to making it pure good, also is connected to the idea of, of, of Mehira's quickness. Why? And the Rebbe explains as follows. Because what's the idea of Mehira's? It comes down very, very quick. In other words, you can have a very powerful light, and when it comes down, it gets weakened. What we learned before, Mehiris means that when it comes down, it's the same powerful energy on high. The same Rav Chesed, which is above Ishtalshalas, when it comes down to this world, it comes down Mehiris, it comes quick, it comes with nothing stopping it, and it's with tremendous abundance. But, uh, uh, children, life, health, sustenance, and everything. Now, so the goal is that not only it should be a powerful light, a powerful energy, but the goal is that down in this physical world, it should be with tremendous abundance. So the Rebbe asks a question, one second. On high, you have this powerful, infinite light. And the power of the priest, that it should come down, here is down to this world, tremendous abundance. But we have to be a vessel for it. We need to be a vessel for this powerful light. Great, we're ready to accept it. But we need to be a vessel for the powerful light. So the Rebbe says, that's why at the end of Birchas Koinim, what does it say? V'yaseim l'chashalim. Hashem should give us the gift of peace. Why? And here's, this is a very important component in life. Because the vessel to have tremendous blessing that we should be able to receive and appreciate it and it should stick. Because a lot of times we get tremendous blessings, boom, it goes. Or we don't even get it. Why? And it's in store for us. Because we're lacking the vessels. You want to have, you want to be a vessel, you want to create vessels for tremendous blessings, the, the, the vessels are shalom, peace. Up until you can have tremendous abundance, infinite, built immovable, infinite abundance. In other words, why, why, how could you have that? Because the, the, the tremendous gift that the kainim, the priest, bless us, or they're mentioning for even prayer, a real prayer can create a Ratzon Kadosh. What's the source of a powerful blessing, and an infinite blessing, comes from Rav Chesed, a place which is above all the laws of nature. It comes from higher than nature. And it's going to come down to this world. What It needs a blessing. It needs something to hold it into. So the, the, what's the vessel that the, the blessing to go into is peace. You have peace, you're about to be a receptacle for all the, not only blessings, infinite blessing, abundance, infinite blessings. And as we know that um, Hashem says, Hashem did not find a vessel to be able to hold, hold blessing for the Jewish people, except, really, Hashem says the only blessing that can receive the greatest blessing, shalom is peace. So based on this, Rebbe says, why by 
Aaron, do we have the avoida of his sapcha? Which means there was an error, there was a question on his priesthood, it was transformed, no, certified, Aaron is the high priest, and that's the connection between his hapcha and the quickness of elements. Why? Because what's the truth? And what's the goal of something coming down real quick? Not to come down and then we're just looking there, we can't handle it. No, that we should be able to be a receptacle, to be able to receive the tremendous blessings from on high. You know, it's not only the blessings should come down. It's great, Hashem gives us tremendous blessings. But the goal is that we should be a vessel through the through the component of peace and the tr- the the truth and the the depth of pieces that even when mutav you know something which is better gets transformed into toif and that happens through peace and the Rebbe says that the ultimate completion of this vessel of peace and what does that mean the vessel of peace because we know the ultimate of peace is that when your enemy becomes your friend, that's peace. When your enemy, someone that was originally against you becomes a, becomes a friend, that's the ultimate of peace. Now, when is that ultimately gonna happen on a global scale? That's gonna happen when Mashiach comes, which never says hopefully will happen very, very quickly. Why? Because we know it says clearly, then peace is gonna be with tremendous abundance. And then because we're gonna have peace, we're gonna have tremendous, tremendous blessings. What kind of blessings? What kind of abundance? Infinite, built in Mugbal. And as the verse says clearly, Prozois Teshev Yerushalayim, that Yerushalayim is going to be totally opened, infinite. Yerushalayim the eye is going to be all over the world without any limits and without anything holding it back. We're going to have the greatest blessings. So obviously, this is a great, powerful Hasidic discourse. First of all, we learned here about why we go to a Rebbe, why we go to a Tzaddik, because sometimes we need a Tzaddik to adjust our blessings that we don't have the power to do, um, uh, to move it around. But I think more importantly, we, we learned here the most powerful blessings. The powerful blessing is when it comes from the highest places, there's nothing blocking it, coming from Rav Chesed and it comes down to this world. And we have the ability to receive all these blessings. We have priests blessing us. We pray every single day. But if we want to be a vessel for these greatest blessings, we need to be and have Shalom. Where the Rebbe says that all our enemies should become our friends. And we have Shalom, we will have the greatest blessings that we'll enjoy and we'll appreciate. And Amir Shem, with the greatest blessings of peace, as the Rebbe finishes off, we'll have Prozois, Taste of Yerushalayim. And God willing, our next class will be in Yerushalayim, Ira Have a great and blessed week.